The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Monday, December 9th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And I have the pleasure of breaking down a really good slate tonight. It is a nine-gamer, and uh, main slate lock is at 7 p.m. Eastern. So we have a lot of work to do here. It should be a great card. There are some really good contests out there in the industry. Um, and uh, should be a fun Monday. So uh, before we get off and rolling here, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, they are the main sponsor of hoop-ball.com, and that is our home base. So we appreciate uh, them, and we all seem to have, little by little, all joined the Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee uh, consumption team here. Uh, the whole DFS Pro group is all now uh, ordering on Amazon, and boom, it is there. So look them up uh, online, or uh, the easiest way is is get that if you have that Amazon Prime account, just search Wild Isles Kona Coffee, click a few buttons, and it's on your doorstep the next day. So awesome stuff. Uh, I also want to thank our listeners. Uh, we were going over some of the numbers and we're growing uh, so quickly. It's just, uh, it's exciting to see. We're only uh, a couple of months into the season. Uh, it's only 25% of the season has been completed. So we're at the quarter point and uh, we have just grown uh, week over week. We, we add listeners, add followers and uh, it's just great to see. And so you know, I just want to take this time to thank everybody uh, that have just listened every day. We get great comments and feedback. Um, you know, remember, you know, just jump on there wherever podcasts are found. You know, all you have to do is search NBA Today. It'll come up. NBA DFS Today. Hoopball NBA DFS Today. It's, it always comes up really quick. One of the first uh, things that come up on search uh, when you're looking. And you can you can grab us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere podcasts are found. Uh, you know, all we ask here, and it, it really helps us, you know, like evaluating what I was just talking about. If you just uh, take a second to rate, review, subscribe, uh, five stars if you're on iTunes. If you can leave a little comment, that's awesome. Likes, thumbs up, uh, you know, on YouTube. Uh, you know, whatever it takes to just give us some feedback. And then also, if you can follow us uh, on Twitter, uh, that's the best way to communicate with the entire DFS Pro team here at Hoop Dash Ball. Uh, that, that is the best way to do it. And the main Twitter account is at Hoopball Fantasy. That is connected to our hoop-ball.com home base, and that will give you uh, all of the constant 24-7 information updates, 
blurbs. We have uh, Miles and Andy uh, also posting things, and I'm generally putting all of the player news up there as the day goes on as well. So join us there for sure. Um, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. So, all right, without any further ado here, let's jump into this awesome nine-game slate. Uh, it is um, mid-morning here on Monday, so usually we do this show the night before, but uh, there's so much news and so many teams on back-to-backs. I wanted to wait until this morning, put out a fresh show when we know some guys that are sitting. We have uh, updated lines to give us a feel uh, that are going to help us with each game. All right, let's rock and roll with this. Uh, I'm going to call up uh, on my screen here pace and defensive efficiency. You know, those are two things I think that are two of the factors that are very important to look at every day. Uh, you know, really gives you, helps you game script a little bit uh, of what you can anticipate uh, for that card. And you know, as I've always said before, you got to put a combination of all this information together uh, to build winning lineups, and then you have to stay tuned in until the last second uh, before lock to make sure there's no late changes. All right, first game, 7 p.m. Eastern, LA Clippers at the Indiana Pacers. Clippers are on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, it looks as though right now Kawhi Leonard will sit. Uh, this second half of a back to back, and the Paul George will play. So that's uh, what we have on uh, the new player news on that side. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is dinged up a little bit. He was listed questionable last night, but he's been upgraded to probable. Uh, his quote uh, in the coach talk there actually, uh, there was a little chat there that he was expecting to play. So he is now probable. So we look at uh, Clippers Pacers. Uh, let's take a look at the pace of play in this game. Right now, the Clippers are seventh in the league. So they are getting up and down the floor. You would expect them to be um, more of a half-court defensive grind team. But a lot of what they're getting is in transition. Their defense leading to offense and therefore uh, increasing the amount of position possessions per game and increasing uh, the pace. So they are seventh in the league. Uh, Indiana, on the other hand, is 23rd. Uh, they are more of a slowdown, half-court uh, offense. Obviously, with the two bigs out there in Turner, who's done very, very little this year, and Sabonis, who's having a breakout year, uh, you know, they will generally set it up, try to, you know, running through one of the bigs, you know, with uh, they've got some great options with Lamb and T.J. Warren, and then Brogdon's a stud as well. And now with their bench being so deep, because they used a lot of those guys when people were out hurt, you know, they can go bigs with Goga Batazzi, who, who does a nice job off the bench. And also, you know, with Aaron Holiday, T.J. McConnell's been super efficient. Um when Brogdon missed the other day, both TJ and Aaron, Aaron Holiday made value. Uh, both were like six or seven X on the same team uh, as fill in for Brogdon. So they are a solid team. They're going to be uh, a lot to be reckoned with come playoff time. Uh, you know, this matchup is an interesting one. I think with Kawhi out, 
and the fact that the Clippers are on a back-to-back and it's at Indiana, it makes this game completely a toss-up. And Vegas thinks the same thing. Right now, the Clippers are only a one-point favorite, road favorite, which I'm surprised they're the favorite with Kawhi sitting out. Don't be surprised if that line doesn't shift to Indiana being a point or two favorite as the day goes on. Uh, Defensive efficiency-wise, we know the Clippers are strong. They're ninth, uh, certainly not as good with Kawhi off the floor. So that will uh, go down a little bit. Um, On the Indiana side of the ball, they are sitting right now at eight. So you have two top 10 defensive teams. The over-under is a pretty low 217 and a half. And, uh, you know, this becomes a pretty tough game for me on the Indiana side because of the consistent and solid defense from the Clippers. And I've had trouble playing the Pacers lately Uh, since so many guys are contributing. I mean, there's just so many miles to feed on that pacer side. Uh, They're they're splitting up that usage and and those minutes. So uh, I think you have to definitely consider Paul George on the Clippers side, sort of one of those scenarios where, you know, if Kawhi or George sits, the other one becomes immediately in play. And, you know, Paul George's usage increases with Kawhi off the floor, off the floor by five percentage points. So uh, Paul George certainly well into play here. Uh, his salary is is not bad, you know, because it's they put those out, you know, I think without knowing for sure Kawhi was sitting. So you get a little bit of a break there. So he's probably the only spot I'm going to go in this game. Uh, but I think he's a very strong cash and GPP play. Okay, game two. We have a 7.30 Eastern time start, and this is going to be a tough one to get a lot of action in for sure. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Boston Celtics. You've got uh, the largest spread on the slate with Boston favored by a big 14, and that's probably not nearly enough the way Cleveland's playing. They're playing terrible. And uh, the over-under is only 214.5, the second lowest on the slate. Uh, Boston is without Robert Williams. Uh, the, the big guy is out. And Gordon Hayward is actually listed as questionable. This might be the return of Gordon Hayward uh, from the injury. The question is, is he going to uh, see minutes? And if he does, is he going to be on a minutes restriction? Um, you know, that's yet to be seen. Um, I just, I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time since we have nine games. Uh, Cleveland's playing terrible ball and playing against Boston's defense, low total blowout risk. I know some of the younger guys still may play even if it is a blowout, but I just don't see going any to anybody on Cleveland's side. You know, when we have 18 teams in play, uh, the Boston situation, especially if Hayward gets back in there, that throws a monkey wrench into everything as far as the value, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, all those guys, really. I mean, it, it just it changes everything for Kemba and Turner uh, and Tatum. So pass for me, full pass on this game, uh, just not worth it, too much risk. 
Game three, eight o'clock, we have the Toronto Raptors on the second night of a back-to-back. They're playing at the Chicago Bulls, who are also on a second night of a back-to-back. So you'll have two somewhat tired teams. Uh, Toronto is a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. It's a 214-and-a-half over-under, so tied with the last game for the second lowest. Um you know, that creates a situation that isn't extremely palatable either. Uh, it looks as though everybody's going to play. Van Vliet got hurt a little bit in that last game, but it looks as though he will return as of news right now. Um, pace of play, uh, we have the Toronto Raptors at 13th, and the Chicago Bulls are sitting uh, at a quaint 12th. So they're both in the middle of the pack. From a defensive efficiently efficiency standpoint, we know the Raptors D it up. They're up to sixth, and they do clamp down. Uh, Chicago uh, has improved all the way to 12th, so they're playing much better defense also. Uh, this is one of those games news is going to be important. Um, I think um, – from the Toronto side, if Van Fleet happens to sit, then Lowry is is 100% in play. Um, you know, on the back-to-back against Chicago, not sure how much they'll stretch everybody out. You know, uh, Siakam is, is expensive, and, uh, you know, he would be a fantastic play here. Uh, however, you know, again, you got to – we need to watch the news here because if Toronto is – at full strength as it looks right now, uh, you know, you got to just see if that's something that's doable because uh, Siakam would be my option for Toronto. Uh, on the Chicago side, Zach Levine's been up and down. He's had some good games, doesn't always get those periphery statistics. Um, you know, the rest of the Bulls have been monster hit or miss, really never know who uh, to count on. You're starting to get some more uh, contribution from guys like Valentine and stuff off the bench. So not, not a great team either. Um, so, you know, prefer not to go this game at all. Siakam is possible if I can financially figure out how to do it in this wonderful salary world that we live in. Uh, but that's it for there. Uh, I think there's much, much better plays uh, coming up. Okay, we've got a trio of eight Eastern games. Uh, the first one is the Sacramento Kings. They're on the second half of a back-to-back. They held on for dear life uh, after blowing a 26-point lead against Dallas. Uh, Luca had a shot with six seconds left to tie it, got fouled, but they didn't call it, and Sacramento had, held on. So their guys played real heavy minutes to try to hang on to that game. Uh, real big efforts from guys like Barnes and Hild and everybody just played their butts off. So they are going to be tired, I think, and they have to play the, play the Rockets. Not a good combination whatsoever. Uh, but there is some concern here. A uh, couple of things. First of all, that Houston is a 12.5-point favorite, and you know blowout is a potential. But we also know that D'Antoni is somewhat blowout proof. He's proven that he'll keep Harden and Westbrook in there when they're up 30. Uh, so you never know 
you know, if he's going to continue to do that, it looks like he has uh, in the past. So you can pretty much count on those guys being able to, uh, you know, stack it on and, and uh, pile on the stats. Um, from the Sacramento side, Bagley is still uh, doubtful out this game. He may be back the next game. He's been out for a while. So their rotation will pretty much stay the same. Um, Holmes played a lot of minutes and played hard uh, against Dallas yesterday. Uh, you know, the question is, a lot of this game scripting has to do with Houston. Uh, you know, we had that string of seven games in a row where Capella had a minimum of 19 rebounds, which hadn't happened since 74 uh, when Jabbar did it. Uh, well, actually, Lou Cinder at that point and uh, Will Chamberlain. So it's it's been a hell of a, a rebound run for Capella. However, the last two games, that has changed. Uh, Houston has played teams where they've been able to go small ball, and D'Antoni loves to do that, uh, slide P.J. Tucker to the center and you know have Macklemore, House, Westbrook, and Harden out there and just spread the floor out for Harden and Westbrook and let them – uh, just deal from there. Um, you know, if that happens, which it could against Sacramento, who's not a, a super big team, uh, depending on, you know, how much they're going to play uh, Willie Cauley-Stein um, or uh, Holmes. I'm, I'm sorry, not Willie Cauley-Stein. That was last year. Uh, Rashawn Holmes. Um, you know, he, he, but he's not really a full-blown five. He's sort of a four-five with athleticism so there's no guarantees there I think you know Capella's a fine play he's a little expensive but the fact that he can go 20-20 on a night where D'Antoni actually keeps him in there uh, I think I would favor this being a game uh, where he may get a little more extra run especially since the last two where he played less so Capella's on my radar uh, at center without question I think that uh, I think he would be a fine play on the Sacramento side. You know, again, you know, you've got a tremendous up pace game. Uh, so that makes you want to play him. Houston's the fastest team, fastest pace in the league right now. So you got to love that. But guess who's last? The Sacramento Kings. How is that possible? Sacramento was second or third almost all of last year in pace. Uh, obviously they brought in Luke Walton and now he's got them playing half court defense where they try to run a bunch of plays to get healed or Bogdanovich or somebody in open three, or they let Barnes, you know, sort of pound the ball into the ground and, and ISO. Uh, and I know Fox has been out and that's affected some of it, but still it's hard to believe. So you've got two things to look at here. Houston, obviously you can't get a worst pace down game for them. And Sacramento, you can't get a better pace up game. However, another thing, Sacramento's second half, you know, second night of a back-to-back, are they going to play more guys? Is there the potential that they get blown out and substitute a bunch of guys on their side? I think there's a good chance that that happens. I watched a lot of that game yesterday, and I think they used a ton of energy, uh, you know, and, and now they had to travel to Houston and – try to lace up for that game. So even though it's the best pace up game possible for Sacramento, 
you know, we have to watch the news on this game because I know Bogdanovich has been playing a little dinged up and uh, Corey Joseph's been playing dinged up. And, you know, that makes me want to play a little Buddy Heald. Uh, and I, you know, depending on the matchups, if Heald gets uh, hardened on defense, which I doubt they'll go that route, but it's possible in some of the rotations he will. I think that brings Heald into play. And you certainly have to consider him just on the fact of increased possessions uh, and the amount of pace in this game. On the Houston side, you know, Harden has to be, you know, at the top of the list. He's got to be somewhat of a foundational guy here. Um, you know, he's just absolutely been out of his mind. I think that, you know, his his fantasy output uh, against a team like Sacramento is probably going to be gigantic. I mean, the only time to fade Harden, in my opinion, is when he's playing a team. And we've talked about this a few times, but I have to drive it home because I want everybody to know this because it's totally shifts the entire slate is, you know, when Houston plays a team like Boston with a smart or Toronto with an Ananobi or the Clippers with a Beverly, where they can run that half court trap, put a guy on him, run another guy to him and take the ball out of his hands and force him to give it up. Then you, you can easily fade Harden because, you know, as we know, he's got to score 55, 58 fantasy points to make value. So uh, in those scenarios, you fade him. But in other scenarios like this where Sacramento doesn't really have the defenders to play him, I think he has to be your number one option. I know he's costly, but, you know, at a home game, they're somewhat blowout proof. I mean, I don't know if you can afford not to have the 60, 65, 70 fantasy points that Harden puts on the board. So, you know, even if Sacramento can keep this within shouting distance, I think Harden's a great play. Um, Westbrook, on the other hand, you know, he can be a lot more boomer bust. You know, he's obviously shooting the ball just horrifically from the field. He still gets monster fantasy points because he does everything else so well. Um, but, you know, I don't really want to pay up for both of these guys in this game, especially when it's such a pace down. So Harden's probably going to be my only guy and Capella. I'd like, I do like Harden and Capella in this game. I want to try to be able to afford both of them. Uh, and that's going to be a big part of the foundation of my build. And I'm going to try to get Buddy Hild in there as well. So this is probably the game where I'll have the most guys with three. Uh, and I think it's a good target game to go for. Okay, the second game of the uh, 8 o'clock trio is Orlando at Milwaukee. Uh, pretty low 218 total. Again, another uh, fear of a blowout here. Milwaukee, 13.5 point favorite. Milwaukee is the second fastest paced team in the league. And Orlando is the second slowest team in the league. So that's two games in a row. We have the exact opposite. Interesting. Um, you know, Orlando still has been without Vuk now for a while. And they're, they're doing the center by committee between Birch and, uh, and Bamba and playing small a little bit. Uh, you know, Milwaukee just plays such good, solid D. And they've been beating the life out of everybody. I mean, they have been running it up. Um, they now are 
not only the fastest team in the league, they're the number one defensive efficiency team in the league. Uh, that is pretty impressive, and their record shows that. I mean, they're they're just kicking ass. Um, Orlando on the other side of the ball defensively, they're tenth, so they're doing a solid job. Uh, they're getting up and playing people. You know, Giannis is always in play for sure. You know, his price tag being the highest, blowout potential against a slower paced team like Orlando, where he's going to see a combo of defense uh, for some guy from some guys that, you know, that can D it up, you know, he'll get, he'll certainly uh, get a little bit of uh, double team and, and such. And, you know, does might bring some other guys into play, but again, you know, Milwaukee's been so efficient. They've shared it between Middleton and Bledsoe, uh, you know, and all of those guys. So it, it makes it pretty tough on the Milwaukee side and the Orlando side. And uh, I think this game's an easy pass for me. It just too many things can go wrong. And I don't want to spend uh, top salary uh, in a game where Giannis may get minimal minutes if it's a blowout. Okay. Third eight o'clock game. Uh, interesting game. It's Detroit at the Pelicans. Pelicans are a one and a half point favorite. And the over under is 226 and a half. Um, you know, Drummond has been an absolute stinking monster and, uh, it's hard not to roster him here. Uh, the Pelicans are without, well, favors is questionable. So if favors comes back, I think that hurts Drummond cause he, he's a bigger body and he's a better defender. Uh, and he can create at least an annoyance for, for, uh, Drummond. If he doesn't play, then you're talking about the skinny Jackson Hayes, who he'll bang around. That won't be pretty for him. So they may go to Okafor uh, if Favors isn't in there uh, for quite a few minutes because they, they've got to get a body on Drummond. And Okafor has not played very well. He hasn't played a ton of minutes lately. So this is going to be a game shifter for me. If Favors is out, I'll probably go to Drummond instead of Capella at center. And uh, if Favors is in, I'll probably stick with Capella and not make that switch to Drummond. I think that uh, Brandon Ingram's a fantastic play here. It's a home game, a high over-under. Um, you know, he's such a go-to guy for them right now. It's just awesome. And even Drew Holiday. I mean, you can't go wrong, really, with, with Holiday or Ingram. Uh, they're definitely the two highest usage guys. I know Ball's been getting the ball more. Kenrich Williams is pretty much a full speed now coming back from both the birth of a child and an ankle sprain. So uh, he's doing okay. But I just I don't think there's a ton of value on that side. A lot of their bench shares minutes. Um, you know, if you can fit Ingram or, or Holiday specifically Ingram in your lineup, I would go that route. Uh, on the Detroit side, you know, I don't trust Blake yet. He's still not himself. He had a good game last time out, but I think he's just, you know, toeing the line. Um, the, the perimeter players, way too risky for me, uh, not enough upside. So really it's Drummond or Bust there, uh, unless Favors is ruled in without a minute's restriction. 
but I'd like to focus on Drummond here if at all possible. Okay. Uh, let me mention, though, real quickly on the pace for these two teams, just in case people are interested in that little tidbit so we don't skip by it. Detroit's 24th paced and New Orleans is fourth. So big pace up game for Detroit. I like that better for Drummond even because more opportunities for rebounds, more possessions. Uh, yeah, that even makes me want to take Drummond even more. A uh, little bit of a bummer for the uh, pace down, you know, for the Ingram and Holiday consideration. Um, Detroit defensively 17th, uh, a little bit below middle of the pack. New Orleans 28th, so they are not getting it done. Uh, boy, it's going to be hard not to play Drummond. The more, more things I look at, the more uh, it makes me want to take him for sure. I think that uh, it's going to be hard not to take him. Okay, we have three games left, uh, two 9 o'clock, and then we have a true late-night hammer sweat game, uh, 10.30 Eastern, so it'll be a standalone late night game. Uh, just a couple things to mention real quickly. We are sponsored and presented by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, look them up online. Jump on there on uh, Amazon Prime. Get that ordered up and, and it's on your doorstep the next day. Phenomenal coffee. Uh, definitely the choice of all of our DFS pod hosts and, and pros. Um, look us up on Twitter. Uh, we really try to stay active there. That's where all of our communication takes place uh, with, with everybody out there, listeners-wise. You know, don't be afraid to DM us questions, comments, you know, whatever information you have, send it our way. I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Uh, we have at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A for Micapatria. Uh, we have at Language Olympic for our man Andrew and at Miles6565 for our pro, uh, pro Miles Hartley. And our hoop-ball.com uh, is at hoopballfantasy. That's where you'll see a lot of the blurbs, any changes in lineups, player news, all that, that kind of stuff you can read right through there. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we put this pod out in the morning. It's going to come out early afternoon today, a little bit later than normal. But I want to give you this updated news since it was such a big slate. Uh, you know, we try to mention it every day. You know, make it a three-step process. You know, listen to that pod. Try to start developing a shell lineup. Get some good information in your head, plus minus of who to look at. Then you want to follow the news on Twitter all day. Follow it follow it real close the last hour up until lock because any player news that comes out, the NBA teams have to turn in their starting lineups 30 minutes before the game. So you're going to get all the early information. You'll get a lot of the other information as well uh, at that time. And, you know, for sites that do not have late swap, you, you know, you can't afford to make any mistakes. Um, to remind on that, it's fantasy draft and FanDuel do not have any late swap. If you play DraftKings or Yahoo, you can late swap on both of those. Uh, I play on all four, 
I try to pick the right cash games or the right head-to-heads and occasionally get into a GPP, uh, but not a lot. Um, you know, a lot of our guys uh, play the GPPs. Mike does, Andrew does, uh, and so does Miles, really. I'm sort of the, the only cash-focused guy. Uh, and don't play a whole lot of those. You know, there are some good ones out there that are worth taking a, a twirl out. I took down a, a single shot uh, FanDuel one, as you know, about a month ago uh, for 1500 So that was really cool. But once in a while, you, you can pop one. And sometimes if I really like my cash lineup that much, uh, I'll put that into some GPPs or maybe make one shift to uh, a little bit of a more risky play that I don't want to quite dial up in cash, uh, but I will uh, in, a, in a GPP setting. So uh, jump on those, uh, you know, and uh, if we have questions or anything, hit us up on Twitter, like I said. Um, also, you know, please follow us every day. Listen to our podcasts. I've already mentioned it, but I'll repeat it again. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. You can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Take a second to rate, review, subscribe, five stars, likes, positive reviews are really welcomed. Even if it's constructive criticism, uh, we listen to it all and we're just building. We want this to be the biggest DFS show uh, in the, in the uh, entire industry. I feel right now that it's the best seven-day NBA DFS free content show that's out there. Uh, there are some good ones, I admit, absolutely. But a lot of them are behind the paywall. And this one, you know, we're able, because of our sponsors and our hoop-ball.com commitment from those guys, that, you know, we can still bring this to you each day. And we want to continue to do that. And the best way to do that is get those comments, hit those likes, hit those thumbs up. Uh, give us something we can continue to build on. Uh, you know, we want to bring in some new sponsors. So if there's any sponsors out there that are interested in getting involved, uh, we want to keep growing this. Uh, we haven't missed a single day of, uh, I did all of the FIBA stuff for DFS this summer. We, uh, Micah Patry and I did uh, six preseason shows. You can still look those up on podcasts. They were all about an hour and a half long. It was all the strategy of how to build DFS teams, what strategy to use, cash versus GPP, what each site was like, the whole nine yards. So if, if you want a refresher, you know, we're at the quarter point here of the season, uh, go back and uh, take a listen to those. But we, we've also done every preseason slate and every regular season slate. Uh, we're going to do every postseason slate. So, uh, you know, we want to look at the full package of everything that we've done and, uh, and stuff that we put out there. I know, you know, I do a lot of providing of lineups. I work uh, with Roto Radar as well. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been really fortunate to be super hot this year. Uh, my lineups are winning right now at 77.1%, uh, which I, you know, I would say is one of the better in the industry, to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm really proud of that, not bragging, just really proud of it. So, you know, look me up on Twitter, follow me here at hoop-ball.com, follow me at Roto Radar, and uh, let's just keep putting out winners and continuing through a great season. 
Okay, let's wrap it up. Three more. We have 9 p.m. Minnesota Timberwolves at the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns are minus four. The over-under is 234, the highest on the slate. So is this the game to stack or not the game to stack? I'm going to say it is the game that most people are going to stack, but I'm not going to stack, and I'll explain why. Minnesota is on the second day of a back-to-back. A game that they played last night was really tight with the Lakers for a while, and then they got blown out in the fourth quarter. But they extended themselves, and they were playing dinged up. Teague was questionable going into that game. Wiggins was questionable going into that game. They both played, but they weren't 100%. Played a lot of minutes in L.A., had a fly out to Phoenix last night, and now they have to lace them up again tonight. Uh, we got to wait and see what the news is going to be on Minnesota. Um, you know, if Teague sits again, or I'm sorry, not, not again because he didn't sit last night, but if, if he sits, uh, you know, Napier becomes in play. Uh, off the bench, he looked fantastic in a short stint. He had like 27 fantasy points in about uh, 18 minutes last night, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, you know, there are some some really good uh, buy-down guys for Minnesota if anybody sits out on this second half of a back-to-back. Uh, Bates' job off the bench did a nice job. Jared Culver's improving. Uh, certainly, you know, Wiggins is always uh, an opportunity to play just because his, uh, if he is healthy, we have to watch that news. But, you know, his role, especially with Teague not starting now, he's playing a lot of point guard, the ball's in his hands, and he has the potential to smash on any slate. This is the highest total game, only a four-point spread. So there's potential there. We just need to watch the news on the Minnesota side. So I like some of the value there. They may help me to create that lineup with Harden and Drummond. I'm going to need some guys like Napier, so I'm hoping some of this value opens up. Uh, and a couple of those guys sit. That would be ideal. On the Phoenix side, here's the big news. Aaron Baines, according to Monty Williams this morning, Baines went through uh, the morning shoot around, did real well, and they said he is probable. And that's huge. They have missed mul- He has missed multiple games. And it has just destroyed Phoenix's defense. They were seventh in the league in defensive efficiency when he went out. And they have plummeted all the way down to 18th. So, you know, look at that for a second here. And I think that affects that over-under. That's why, for me, Bain's presence there against Cat and against the interior, even if it's a limited role, it changes the whole view of this game. And I think... Uh, it lowers that over-under a little bit, and it lowers some of the possessions, and that's why I'm not stacking real big here. So I wouldn't go Baines because I would assume he's going to be on a limits restriction first game back. But, you know, he was playing some fantastic basketball uh, before he went down. Um, Minnesota, defensive efficiency-wise, uh, is sitting at 20th. So they're not exactly killing it either. Um, So, you know, that's a little bit more reason you maybe dial up uh, some Phoenix guys. And in pace of play, let's look at pace of play here. Um, Minnesota is fifth, 
So good pace up game for Phoenix. And Phoenix is tied for ninth. So that's why it's the highest total on the board. You have two top nine pace teams uh, in this game. On the Phoenix side, you know, it's it's hard to say. Booker's always capable of going off. Uh, his numbers go down when Rubio plays, and Rubio is playing in this game. Uh, you know, the other factor is you've got Baines now that'll have some extra touches that'll take a little bit away from some of the Phoenix guys. Uh, certainly that'll cut into the big value play of Kaminsky because he was playing a lot of those center minutes. Uh, you know, again, I'm not going to stack this game, and I think that might be an edge. And I, you know, I believe Minnesota is going to be tired and a little dinged up on the second night of a back-to-back. And with Baines' appearance back for Phoenix, it's much easier to fade some pieces of this game. Um, again, I will go here for value, depending on you know the news with Minnesota. And I'd love to have one or maybe two guys at the most from this game. I think you do need a little exposure, uh, but I don't think you have to stack this game. I really don't. And I think people are going to overstack and have like five guys from this game. And it it could easily bust. So, okay. Two left. The other 9 o'clock game, Oklahoma City Thunder at the Utah Jazz. Oklahoma City also on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, they had a really tight game last night as well. Uh, really fought out to the last shot it came down to. And, uh, you know, now they had to travel to Utah. You've got a little advantage home. You know, there's a bigger home advantage for Utah and for Denver than any other places, uh, you know, just just because of the air is thinner. And it's definitely, you know, an altitude game. Uh, so you got some concern there. Uh, Mike Conley is still out uh, for Utah, so that changes some things as well. And as of now, the Thunder didn't have uh, too many reports out yet, so we need to follow that as the day goes on. Um, the the over under is only two ten and a half in this game, so uh, you know we are at the bottom of the barrel. That is the dead lowest over under. Utah has a tendency to have the lowest over unders. And it's because, you know, they don't pay, play that fast. They are 16th, which is better than most people actually realize. But Oklahoma City is 25th. So you have two pace down games, uh, teams that, that are not going to have any extra possessions. And then on the defensive side, you know, Utah, very respectful uh, 11th. And Oklahoma City has climbed up to 16th. So they're in the middle of the pack and doing uh, decently. Um, you know, you always with Conley out specifically, it definitely brings a few other guys into play. I think Donovan Mitchell becomes a, a certain option here uh, and probably the best option for Utah if you want to go on the Utah side. Uh, I think Gobert will be battling big body against big body with Adams inside. Uh, so that'll help neutralize both of those guys a little bit. Uh, so I'm not real high on on either one of them. Uh, you know, Utah can play some good D, uh, and Oklahoma City's been getting a lot off the bench as well. Um, so you know, this this is a definite fade game for me. I don't like it. Uh, I I see the Mitchell 
uh, value here without question. But I think this is just a pretty easy game to fade unless some value opens up with someone sitting uh, and, and you want to jump on them. But if not, let's move on to the last game. We have the 1030 late night hammer game all by itself. Memphis Grizzlies at the Golden State Warriors. The over-unders, 218.5. And believe it or not, somehow, some way, Golden State is favored. I don't. I think that will change as the day goes on. It may be, end up being a pick em. Uh, But the big news here is Job Morant is playing. So uh, that is something that came out this morning. Uh, you know, it was just a couple days ago they said he, they were going to check him and he was week to week. He went from that to playing. So I would assume he'll be on some type of limits restriction. I haven't seen that in writing, but I'm sure they're not going to just blow out the minutes with him right off the bat uh, if they're trying to protect him. But that changes the whole complexion of the game. It speeds it up. Uh, it, it certainly gives, uh, you know, takes some value away from some of the guys on Memphis. Uh, there are two guys that are out. Uh, you've got Brandon Clark and Slomo are both out from Memphis. So they're a little shorthanded. That brings guys into play. If you need a value grab for maybe a Solomon Hill, uh, Jake uh, Crowder it, decently. But with Morant back, he's going to grab a lot of that. Um, Dylan Brooks is, is just so-so. Uh, I really wouldn't go strong there. Um, now on the Golden State side, you know, it, it brings some guys into play here. D'Angelo Russell becomes in play, uh, just because of the up tempo and speed. Let's take a quick look, uh, at the pace in this game as it stands. Memphis is sixth in the league and that's with Morant sitting some games. If he hadn't sat any games, I would think Memphis is ranking a true, Pace would be about third or fourth. So that's a great sign for Golden State because uh, of that uh, that pace up for them. They are sitting at 17th right now. Uh, again, you know, it's how do you judge any stats for them with Draymond and, and, and uh, D'Angelo sitting so much and the road, you know, they were shorthanded and shortening the game when they were only playing with 70 guys. So you know, they're middle of the pack. They're, they still move the ball pretty well. This game should stay close. Neither team is on a, a second night of a back-to-back. And by the way, none of these teams, uh, of the 18 teams, play tomorrow. So you don't have to worry about anybody sitting players today to save them for a back-to-back tomorrow. Um, so anyway, with this game, I think, you know, I definitely want to have one or two guys uh, of exposure here. Uh, I think that this, you know, D'Angelo Russell is a a fantastic play. I think uh, if you can, depending on the rest of the news, even with Slow-Mo and Clark out, you can get some value, real good value with a Solomon Hill, maybe a Bruno Caboclo. Uh, There are some value dudes on that side of the ball. You know, on Golden State, the rest of the guys, you know, when D'Angelo and Draymond play, it really takes a big chunk out of the rest of, of the team as far as those value guys we've been riding all year, you know, like the Kai Bowmans and Eric Pascals and, you know, those guys. And, and Glenn Robinson's been terrific. Now, any of those guys are playable. So, you know, we need to watch news in this 
game to make sure. It's going to be the late night game, so it's going to be hard to get some of that news. So be careful, you know, of taking any risky guys that it could backfire on you if it's a no swap site. But, you know, I think that those Golden State value guys, D'Angelo's in play. Uh, you know, I like the value guys from Memphis as well. So I'm going to find a way to round my lineup out with a couple of value guys or maybe a value guy and a, a little bit more expensive D'Angelo Russell here. Uh, I would love to, to dial him up if I can fit him in. Um, so that's it. We've got nine games. That should give you a real good idea. Um, I didn't mention the defensive efficiency for these two teams. And I, I think it's worth mentioning because uh, I noticed this earlier. Uh, Golden State is 25th in the league in defense. So not good. And Memphis is 22nd. So you've got two pretty poor teams defensively uh, with really a higher over-under than the 218 and a half because Morant's playing. I think that Vegas line came out before that news was announced on Jaw. So I would think this is more like a 222 type of an over-under. Uh, and I think it brings some of those guys into play. All right. I've gone on quite long enough here. Um, I will be back actually tonight, which is Monday night, to do the show for Tuesday's slate. Um, it's not as... Uh, big of a slate or expecting as big a news. So I will put the show out uh, tonight. There's one, two, three, four games tomorrow. So tomorrow's slate is Washington, Charlotte, Denver, Philly, Atlanta, Miami, and Knicks, Portland. So I will follow up tonight with my regular solo show uh, for that four game slate for uh, Tuesday. You have tonight's nine game slate. Uh, again, if you have any questions, fire me up at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, and I'll be happy to uh, share whatever I can with you. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me for Hoopball NBA DFS today. For Mike Patria, for my man Andrew and Miles, all three of our other DFS pros here at hoop-ball.com, I am Coach we will catch you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.